Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that that is exactly what the cry is of our heart. We need you. We need you. My brothers and sisters, this morning need you, Lord. My dear family here this morning need you to break in, to answer those prayers, to come close, to minister to the grief that we carry, to bring the freedom from financial burdens, to show the direction of how you are leading and how you are guiding. Lord, we confess we need you. We confess. And we ask, Lord, that you would come now and fill us with the presence, the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We are incapable of living the life you've called us to live without the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Please take your seats. Good morning, everyone. Great to see you. It's such a pleasure. To, um, to worship together, to gather together this morning and such a pleasure to be able to um, just, uh, isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Isn't it good? So good for us to gather. If you're joining us online and uh, watching this on our, our website, we want to thank you for taking the time to join us. What a week it's been. What a week. We started off last Sunday with the back-to-school backpack giveaway. Wow. Families were queuing up around the church. We were connecting with people. We were witnessing to people. The Gideons were there who led, well, I've had two reports. But first of all, they led 13 people to Christ. Right there. So... That's fantastic. Then this morning, I heard they actually prayed with 35 people. So you might say, well, how did that work with the Gideons and, the, um, and giving away the backpacks and going and doing everything and the kind of atmosphere that was created? It was absolutely beautiful. You might have seen the article on Castanet as well. Well, they, they turned up with these sticks and, and these sticks they were giving away, they were walking sticks, but they had like beads, like a red bead, a black bead, a white bead, a gold bead. You got the picture. A, a green bead. And, and you could then explain the gospel. This is what we used to do all the time. Uh, explain the gospel, you know, that we've got a black bead of the heart of sin. And then we want to go to the gold bead, which is like heaven. And they took you through the plan of salvation. And then at the end of it, they said, you know, if you'd like to pray, um, would you like to give your life to Jesus? And people gave their lives to Jesus. So people got backpacks and they got Jesus. I like it. Um, 
That was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I wanted a stick, because you know how I like walking. So I lined up, and they said, hi, Pastor Phil. I said, hi. Uh, I said, yeah, I like a stick. They said, well, you have to hear the gospel first. <laughs> really? Yeah, you got to hear the gospel. Okay, okay. Oh, give me the gospel. So the guy actually went all the way through the gospel with me. And then he said... Do you feel that you want to give your life to Jesus? <laughs> Awkward moment. I won the Mennonite pastor to the Lord would be the banner on the Gideons. Um, awkward moment. I, I, I said, well, I, I am saved. Um, and it was a, um, a gorgeous moment. But the, but the glory is I got the stick. So... Um, I was going to bring it this morning and show you, but, but, but it's, been a, it's been quite the week. And so praise the Lord that not only did we bless the community, not only did we engage, but we actually saw salvations coming. And that is what we want, isn't it? We want salvations to come. We want God to move in power and to touch lives and to bring that change. So, yes, and it's been a busy week in the Collins household. We celebrated Michelle's 50th uh, uh, birthday, and uh, that was nice. Oh, oh, it remind, uh, but, you know, with the restrictions, you can only do so much. I remember when I celebrated my 50th last year. Um, <laughs> Celebrated my field. I had an open house and everybody came. I had 450 people came through the house on a, a three-day open house. I must be mad. And, and literally, the most randomness people I was thinking about this morning turned up. I said, hello, do you come to Willow Park Church? This is in my kitchen. Oh, no, no, we don't. But we heard that you were having an open house and I thought I'd come and see what the pastor's house was like. Uh, <laughs> and I want to say... Inside voice. I mean, everybody, yeah, everybody wants to see that, but in, you don't say that. And you don't say, I don't come to Willow Park Church. I'll just come to see your kitchen. Um, and get out of my bedroom, will you? Come on. What are you doing in there? But no, we had a beautiful week and um, wish we could have done more. But uh, then I shipped Michelle off to Sparkling Hills for four nights. I know. I've got the kids. She's going to sparkle. Um, absolutely. Um, fan- I mean, I've been popping up and down for, you know, the breakfasts are great. But, but so she'll come down from the mountain like Moses shining. Um, but thanks for your prayers. And what a week. And of course, um, uh, you know, we just want to be obedient to God. This is Labor Day weekend. If you're a visitor here, I want to thank you for joining us. And I'm excited. One thing I do want to mention is that also signing up there, there is a group that I lead for volunteers and um, feel very passionate about this. This is the prayer chain, prayer groups, and those of you who are interested in stepping into prayer ministry as a volunteer. Every week, every other day, at different times, I get a text, I get an email, comes through the office, it comes straight to my phone, of people needing prayer. Because people face challenges. 
I try and follow up those calls and pray with people. Prayed with a family who's had uh, three members of their family are in, were in ICU with COVID. And, and uh, praying with them and connecting with them and so on. Other needs that exist. It's just so important. And learning to pray is critical. And a praying chair, church will enable us to rebuild, keep growing, and to know God's hand at our work. We can't fake it to make it in the kingdom of God. We need to be a praying people. Well, we're coming to the end of the uh, series on the fruits of the Spirit. And as we come to the end of this teaching on the fruit of the Spirit, I'm going to finish with self-control. Self-control. Do you have problems with self-control? At times when you go, oh, why did I do that? Why? Why? Well, the fruit of the Spirit is born out of love. And the fruit of the Spirit, as we've heard through our summer gatherings, we've, we've, we've focused on love and joy and peace, on patience, kindness and goodness. We've, we've focused on, on gentleness. And, and now I want to finish off at the bookends. We started with the power of love that changes lives and that God calls us to live in love because the very nature of God is love. The very nature of who God is, is love. And if you think of this fruit bowl with the fruits of the Spirit, then this bowl is love and everything flows out of love. When you have love, you naturally want to be patient with people. When you have love, you naturally want to be kind with people. When you have love, you naturally want to be gentle with people. But in all of that, you have to develop self-control to be able to live and to find the victory because we know that we're in a battle with our characters. I don't know about you, but have you ever met anybody with a bad character? That was a little ripple there. Bad character. That in our lives, we know that there are ways that we should be and we know there are times when we let ourselves down and also we let our faith down and also we let our witness down because we weren't able to show self-control. Of course, the media is full of people who have let themselves down and their life is full of people who lose self-control, particularly driving, particularly at different times. But there are, there are celebrities. I was reminded, as I was thinking about this, of Jeremy Clarkson, the big English guy who was the star of Top Gear. Top Gear being the most watched globally TV show of history. A lot of people like cars. They like power cars. They like to see them blowing them up. And Top Gear was that. And of course, Jeremy Clarkson, the re- one of the reporters on that, was the big, tall, bear of a man who led that. And of course, the story was that he was there in a restaurant, didn't have the right food, got irritated with his producer and punched his producer in the face. Lost his temper. This is a man who's at the top of his game. This is a man who is known globally. This is a man who is, is regarded and listened to about whether you're going to buy what BMW or what Audi or how many F-150s you can blow up and what you can do with a Toyota um, which I don't know, I've never had a Toyota but what you can do with them. But he lost his temper. 
all over the news. You think, I read about a, a Bible school principal, again, incapable of controlling his emotions, incapable of being able to hold his temper, incapable of treating his staff in the way that he should. Self-control. And self-control is something that we have to be willing to develop. It's something that we have to be willing to step into. We know that we can lose control in so many ways. But the beautiful thing about Jesus Christ is that Jesus Christ comes and births within us a profound sense of the Spirit's control in our lives. And there we have it. We know that there's a battle in our lives for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And as Paul wrote, what I want to do I don't do. And what I don't want to do, I keep on doing. In other words, there is a battle within my life. There's a battle that is taking place within me. But I don't want to be controlled by sin. We know that the father of sin was Adam. And we know that sin blights us. Sin ruins us. Sin has affected us in humanity. But what Jesus Christ comes and does, he comes and sets us free from the power of sin and death. He comes and sets us free. But how is it then that somebody can hear 30 sermons a year but still have an anger problem? How is it then that you can sit in church for 40 years and still battle that same problem? Interesting question. Because we've all met those people. Well, You see, we all, with our emotions, with our sinful nature, with our character, have to be willing to allow God to rule us. So what are we ruled by? What is going on in our lives? What is holding us? This is in the fruits of the Spirit, So the answer is found in the power of the Spirit within your life. The answer is found in the power of the Spirit filling us, giving us that strength, changing us and working within us. And I want to tell you that this is a most remarkable journey as you work in partnership with God and God changes your character and you work at it and with you and God Together, you work and you see the transformation of your character within your life. But it's useful for a moment to think about the Greek word. Sorry, there's a lot of writing here. You don't have to read it. But the Greek word translated self-control is a combination of two Greek words. Enkratos. En meaning in. Enkratos meaning strength power, might, dominion. So in you is the strength, the power, the might, the ability to have dominion over those things that let you down, like Jeremy Clarkson, over those things that mark you, those things that you're not pleased with, those things that are strongholds in your life that you know they need to be changed. A person with 
Kratos is a person who has strength within. Kratos is a word that has been passed on to our English language in words like democratic, people, power, role, theocratic, God's power, role, autocratic, self, power, rule. And what we have to be willing to do is move from self-power rule to God's power rule within our lives. And when we have God in us, the power of the Holy Spirit and the Lordship and the rulership of Christ within our character, then God comes and he transforms our character and we work in unison with him and we find that those areas that you're ashamed of, those areas that hold you back from your Christian worship and from your Christian service can change because you're not doing it alone. You're willing to surrender your life to the rule and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit flowing through you, setting you free, giving you a different perspective, speaking into situations that God comes and he starts to mold your character like, like the potter and the clay pouring on the water, working within you because you're not doing it alone. You're doing it in the power and work of the Holy Spirit. This is wonderful. You see, but lots of human beings try and do it on their own. Human will. There's a whole Greek philosophy that is set up that way. They're called the Stoics. Stoicism. It's that ability that through your own will through your own personality, through your own determination, through self-power, self-rule, then you can find freedom from the flesh in this world and you can be truly free in a Greek sense of the word, free of the flesh, free of the body, free because Stoics, they despised all the things of pleasure and they wanted freedom intellectually to be free from all the chains of normal life and they wanted to apply it with their own strength, with their own ability, with their own power. But Christianity is different because God doesn't want to take you away from enjoying the glory of life, enjoying the richness of creation because God spoke this world into creation. God has given us so much but what God comes and does, he gives us the power in partnership as we surrender our will to his will. His power gives us the Holy Spirit to be able to engage in seeing our lives and our characters Transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. Clearly, as Christ was heading towards the cross, clearly, as He agonized in the Garden of Gethsemane, at times when He struggled so. He relied upon the power of God within his life. And many of us, we walk a difficult road. Many of us, we face pressures and pains and difficulties. But what Christ wants to come and he modeled for us is a way of living. Of living at peace with men and God. At bringing his character 
within our lives. And we're on that lifetime journey. But the real Christian key is is asking ourselves the question, well, what is the lie behind that issue in your life? What lie have you believed? What are the... Because often, problems in our character and where we want self-control behind that, there is a stronghold where, where you can't get a handle on it. It's out of control or there is a lie that is binding you, that is holding you. And so much of freedom comes when we learn to be precise. We learn to be aggressive. We learn to be clear in the confession of our sin and realize what we're holding on to and be willing to confess our sins and be willing to bring our needs to Christ and be willing to come to him and ask him to break the power of sin in our lives. We've all got a battle, haven't we? Where we need the control of the Spirit, the fruit of self-control, the fruit of self-discipline that comes into your life. When, when Michelle goes away, we, uh, me and Josiah, because usually the girls disappear, we usually, you know, watch some movies. It's great. And we usually watch uh, like a series. And, and recently we watched The Lord of the Rings. Oh, I was so happy when he kind of, oh, he's here. I'm going to embarrass him. Um, I'm so happy when we can sit down and watch, you know, The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings. The great epics. And there's a point in the, in the Lord of the Rings where Frodo has the ring in his pocket. And Gandalf arrives and you have this lovely exchange. Gandalf goes, you know, in his deep voice, show me the ring. Young Frodo. He brings the ring out. And Frodo says, oh, I wish. I wish you'd warned me. I wish you'd warned me about the power of this ring. I wish you'd warned me about it. Because it's alarming. And if I could and knew, you could have sent me a message. You could have let me know about this ring and its power. And I would have thrown it away. And Gandalf looks at him and says, well, go on then. Throw it away. And the fire is burning and the hearth is there. And Frodo goes to throw it into the fire. And the scene finishes with him taking the ring and just putting it back in. And so often, we know what we should do with that area of our life. We know it has power over us. We know we need to get rid of it. But the battle, the struggle 
can be so powerful, can be so strong that we feel as if we can't. And yet the more you give into the ring, Tolkien wrote, the more it dominates you and takes over your life. And you've got to be willing to resist the power of the ring is the point of the scene. And the point of the Christian faith is that we have a battle against sin. We have a battle against our bad attitudes. We have a battle against the things we know we should do, but we don't do. But who will separate us? Who will free us from the power of sin? Christ Jesus, he achieved freedom on the cross so that you and I can see the power of sin broken within our lives and our characters utterly and completely transformed. For if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I think there's a danger that in evangelical circles, we've we've forgotten the power of consistent confession of our weaknesses to God and how that is a gift, not a burden. It's just a gift. I love it when I bring all my week's irritations and all my week's hurts and all my week's battles and I lock myself in my prayer closet and I just confess all of that pain, all of that frustration, all of that grief and give it to Jesus and he comes and he lifts that weight off and he brings me freedom and I walk out of that prayer room transformed because I've been at the feet of Jesus and the work of the cross has come and I feel forgiven, I feel free, I feel clean clean because that's what Christ has achieved upon the cross. Each one of us, we can be controlled by the power of the Spirit. Better a patient man than a warrior, a man who controls his temper than one who takes a sitting. So often we want to live a warrior, but it's the patience that comes. You see, I observe, just in life, I'm not saying I've done quantitative research or anything, but I have observed through my many years now in the church that there is a definite difference between those who find freedom from drugs and alcohol, from family dysfunction, from cycles of pain and destruction. I have witnessed it again and again that when the power of Jesus comes into a life, it can set people free from abuse, from addiction, from dependency, because somehow the power of Christ relieves people of the guilt and the shame and brings them freedom. You know, I think of ministries like Battelle. They're in Spain and in in England and across the world where the Garcias worked. It is the expression of the most beautiful 
expression of church. Because without a doubt, that whole congregations, and I pastored by a Battelle congregation just 20 miles away in England, believe without a doubt that true freedom from any addiction comes through the power of Jesus. Comes. The cycle of destruction, the cycle of pain, the cycle of, of, of abuse comes and he comes and brings that, that healing and that power into our lives. It's a beautiful thing. It makes me reinvigorates my belief in the power of the gospel. But I've got to be willing to say, okay, am I willing, if what is ruling me, am I willing to be ruled by God, by the Holy Spirit? What sin is ruling me? But it does mean the rule of life. What do, what's the rule of life? Well, the rule of life is when you build within your life habits and consistencies that bring transformation. The word rule of life comes from the Benedictine monks, uh, 600 AD, when they were evangelizing the Anglo-Saxons and they would build their monasteries and they would, they would pray against the Vikings and all of the marauders from the north. And they would develop a spiritual discipline of a rule by which a rhythm they built within their lives of devotion, of prayer, of Bible reading, of meditation, of confession, of serving the poor and being with people. And this in itself takes self-control. This takes discipline. This takes a willingness to say, I want to build good habits within my life to see transformation. You see, it's you and God working together. You don't just sit here and go, oh, God, come and do it, and God takes away all of your weaknesses and all of your problems like some little, you know, magic moment. But what God does, he works with us and we build rhythms. Rhythms of retreat, rhythms of prayer days, rhythms of morning devotions, rhythms of journaling, rhythms of listening, rhythms of memorizing scripture and memorizing scripture, particularly in the area where you need self-control, can bring deliverance because if you're battling in one area, but you are willing to memorize scriptures in that weakness and you play them through your mind. You sit quietly and think about those scriptures. Slowly, you start to find a change happening because you're bringing a rule of life into who you are. You're not ruled by sin, but you're not ruled by bad habits, but you are ruled by the habit of meeting every day in your life with Jesus Christ. And that builds that self-control. Lovely verse here as I make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control. You notice it says make every effort 
to add to your faith. So the question is, are you giving it the effort? Uh, maybe not. Are you, you going for it? Are you putting the energy into addressing it and making a difference to add to your faith? In other words, our faith is always growing. Our faith is always developing. And my relationship with Jesus is so sweet and so gorgeous and so wonderful that I want to keep adding to it. I want it to grow. I want it to get better. And he continues to take me on an adventure. And he continues to guide me. And he continues to whisper things to me. And the most wonderful way a human being can live a life is to follow Jesus. Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I don't know what I'd do without Jesus. I don't know how people cope without Jesus. Jesus is awesome. It's just wonderful. It's just make every effort. You love God. You love him. But I know that I'm, I need to add to it. Some weeks I add less or more. Sometimes I feel... Oh, blow it there. I felt the Holy Spirit fly off, you know, the dove at that moment. I grieved the Spirit with that little comment. But finally, don't let your past rule you. The past does not equal the future. You struggled and you failed. Yeah. But get back up and keep going, pushing towards the goal. Forgetting what is behind you and straining towards what is ahead of you, the goal. That's... And so often we're held back by the shame. We're often held back by the guilt. We're often held back by the pain. But we've got to be willing to say, I let go of the past. Because the past does not equal the future. It can't. There is forgiveness. There is redemption. There is grace. There's new beginnings. We all are prodigals and we all struggle. But there's always grace, forgiveness, and new beginnings. God loves you so much. Let's stand together. I hope I've communicated to you as we come to the end of this series the joy and the wonder of the adventure of being a Christian disciple. The pleasure of having Jesus walking by your side. The surprises he brings as he builds self-control as we allow the rule of the Spirit in our lives. 
And so, Father, we ask that as we come to the end of this time, as we've talked about the fruits of the Spirit through the summer, as we look towards baptisms, we look towards the fall, we look towards the joy of relaunching and beginning again into the fall. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you will help us to respond in love. You will help us to be controlled not by self, but controlled not by sin, but controlled by the voice of the Spirit. Filling us and guiding us and leading us, I pray in Jesus' name. Help us to resist the power of that ring and to do the epic journey, the epic adventure that we are called on in this age to be your church. In Jesus' name I ask. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hey, if um, this has spoken to you, there should be cards around and you'd like to get involved in church, you'd like to get connected, fill in the card and let us know. We'd love to connect with you. We're not taking offerings uh, as such in, um, in the venue at the moment, just while we've been sensitive to community. But offerings are available. There are boxes in the foyer, opportunity to give. Um, the ministry of the church keeps going and, um, and uh, we need to honour the Lord with our tithes and our offerings. Uh, bless you. Got a song, Curtis? What are we going to sing? Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. All right. I like that one. Now, now, yeah. He got set free from the power of sin. Isaac Watts, was it? He wrote it. Or did it say? It does. It does. Chris Tomlin. Chris Tomlin, it wasn't him. 